So I, well, I believe that maybe the the uh, Sony's out there lying to us. That there weren't CG people in their trade show. I'm really glad that the internet's also joined me in the crazy conspiracy theory that at least half of the talking heads in that thing were CGI. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing? Uh, it's unproven to be true or not, but like that's so. I'm not sure how closely you watched that or how much my fever factored into it, but there were definitely moments when I was watching that where my brain was like, holy shit, is this like the most like viral deep cut advertising for how realistic The Last of Us is going to look when it comes out? Because there are moments where there are some quote real people in that thing that sure as fuck look like CGI. Like there's just <laughs> something not human enough about them or too human. Like I'm sitting there being like, Okay, when are they going to, like, back out and be like, this entire Sony press conference was done in The Last of Us engine in real time kind of thing? Like, that, that, that feels like a baller-ass move you could do just to be like, what the fuck are video games anymore? And I, I, went, I took a well, nap after that. It would be a great way to show off the PS5. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, would like, be. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was going. Like, my brain's like, what if they just tell us that this entire, like, press conference was rendered on a PS5 at the end or something? Like what will my brain do? And they didn't, and I kind of promptly went and took a nap because I still wasn't feeling good when they were showing all this stuff. And I woke up to a variety of news sites, like, admittedly tongue-in-cheekily, but at the same time, they're out there speaking the truth about how they also cannot be convinced that some of the people in the, P in the Sony PS5 press conference thing weren't CGI, and now there's a conspiracy af afoot. So... You know what I think? I think I think maybe the conference was done entirely by PS5 without anybody outside controlling it. Yeah. They just they just set a PS5 on it and said, "Hey, PS5, do our conference." For yeah, us. they just kind of used some voice command. It was like PS5 run uh, make press conference, and PS5 made that press conference. That would actually explain it some. Like it was better <laughs> in some ways than Sony's done in the past. Like a cold machine figured out what people actually want. And and was better at, you know, at least feigning human emotion and, like, moving their bodies in ways that don't seem uncanny valley. Yeah. I, I think we're diving <laughs> into the world of conspiracy. Wait, hold. Huh? My check came in? Oh. No, dude, no. I think they totally did not do this thing. Yeah. No, this was all people. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we're... Sony would never do such a thing. Uh -huh. They didn't render fake people. This is... This is conspiratorial. Come on, guys. This just further leads me to believe that, like, Sony's entire executive board is just, like, a, a Evangelion-style nerve situation where just it's everyone <laughs> in, like, black boxes in a room, but there's no boxes anymore. They're just brains in jars being like, we are Sony. What if it... You guys ever watch, um... Oh, was it Equilibrium? Yes. What if it's yeah. like Equilibrium and it's somebody else who's taking over the company, but they have this fake, like, display board that pretends to be the CEO of Sony who shows up? And it's like, this is what Father wanted all along. episode 206 uh the gang is here the boys are back in town if you will 
my name is Alex, aka Mave Online. We've got Henry, aka Nomad Har, also aka Kraken Zero, and of course the man, the myth, the legend, the man who ruins ravioli desserts. Uh, it is Charlie, aka Mordak Undivided. I, I, I came across a new one for you while I was sick, no, but because I was no, sick, I forgot about it. No. Like, it have to be a fever. No. I'm like, I must tell Alex about this. Pass the fuck back out again. Yeah, I'm glad <sighs> you forgot it. I don't want you ruining another dessert for me. I, it wasn't a dessert. It was something else where, like, in context, it was like, huh, that's wrong, too. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I sent you that, like, fucking pizza taco this week. What was it called again? Oh, yeah. The one for Papa John's. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was supposedly a quesadilla, right? Right, quesadilla, not taco, my bad. Uh, the papadilla, yes. Yeah, it's like a hybrid of, like, a pizza, but it's a calzone, but not really a calzone. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a calzone they forgot to close up. Yeah. So, it, it's, it's, it, it's like somebody accidentally, like, folded a pizza in half and was like, voila, quesadilla. Indeed. I've, it's it, the laziest food scientist thing I've ever seen. I, food scientist is running low on ideas recently. I, I don't know, dude. Your immediate reaction was, I want this, and then I told you oh, it was I Papa do. John's, and you were like, oh man, so is it lazy, or is it just like he's going back to the wheel and been like, okay, these were good plans, what what can we do that's kind of like this? Like, smarter, not harder at that point. So if we already know people will buy dumb pizzas, what versions of dumb pizza haven't I tried yet? Pizza quesadilla. Well, well, it's like Pizza Hut came out with something not long ago, which was a a what well, somehow cheese it. They called it like a cheese it pizza. It was just a slightly larger ravioli. Mm. That's like but heavier on the cheese, I guess. I think maybe they had cheese it dust on it or something. Hey. But I was like, that's just larger ravioli. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Pizza, well, the thing is with pizza, uh, pizza places like a Domino's or a, or a Papa John's, you end up having to figure out recipes that can be cooked in a pizza oven. And that's their great limitation. And they've been relatively creative, but... I'm I'm kind of not impressed by the pizza quesadilla, mainly because that's that's just not a quesadilla. <laughs> I don't know what the definition of one is, so I just kind of I, I saw this and I'm like, this feels like something I should pass along to Alex and Henry, and I did. And Alex was like, I'm a monster and need this in my body right now. And I'm like, oh no, you didn't click the link and find out who made it. Yeah, I mean, it's about as much a quesadilla as it is a pizza sandwich. So, I mean, I guess if you have loose definitions of food, sure, it's a quesadilla. I mean, I guess anything's technically a quesadilla. Someone just sent me a link for clear jigsaw puzzles, and now I'm distracted by that. Both are equally bad ideas. Clear <laughs> jigsaw puzzle just sounds like madness. Yes, that that is... The, the, the text I received was... Hey, are these, is this what you're getting for your family this year for holidays? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Nothing but this for the people I love and hate. <laughs> but yes, we're back. Yes. 206, I think, is the episode. That sounds right. Yeah.
had a moment in my head here oh yeah <laughs> 206 no um but yeah we've got some uh even with all the stuff going on with like covid and obviously the uh protests and things going on right now somehow we still got some game news we got a lot of game news this week so as yeah. we talked about last week some stuff got pushed back but before we get to that i suppose it's like what, what, anyone do anything cool this week anything worth talking about i it, me and Henry could probably clear some space for our what we think of Destiny season of arrivals. Uh, I watched some of the Destiny stuff and I thought it looked really neat. The I guess the Beyond Light, yeah, their next. So I think it's because they announced our next three expansions is what they did essentially. Yeah, and as a Destiny nerd, like by the end of those, the fact the final ones called the season of the Witch. Basically, I'm sitting there being like, yes. <laughs> Wait, the last season or the expansion? Last uh, expansion, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, these are like releasing every year, pretty much, which is kind of cool that they got an announcement for it. But essentially, it's just a yearly season pass thing, which, you know, kind of nice. But, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it looks really, really good. I like it. And I know, yeah, the witch thing you were happy about. I think he even texted us during the week about that. No, I texted you that the season was good. Like I okay. Like instead of bad, his last season was bad. Yeah, last season was terrible. Yeah, it seems to be the consensus God. that I heard. Last season's public, I mean, big public event thing was just dumb and hard. So, Henry, you want to talk about Destiny Two right now? It feels like we're kind I of like I didn't really, I haven't really played that much. Okay, fair. Should I honest. talk about Destiny Two then? Because I played yeah, a you lot probably of put Destiny in a lot more 2 hours. Because I played very little of it. I played it a little bit just to get a kind of a taster of it, and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I like some of the quest lines, and uh, I've heard good things about the season, yeah. this uh, season's weapon. Well, so like, yeah, so. This season is called the Season of Arrivals. It is leading up to the upcoming kind of September big expansion, yearly expansion thing that sets the tone for the entire year for Destiny called Beyond Light, which is a real cool name for given where the story's going in that game right now and makes sense. As part of that, we're getting our first set of darkness powers, which are called Stasis, but are totally ice powers and... I think hunters get throwing climbing axes, which is kind of cool, but more on that when we actually have more news about that. Most of that stuff just looks cool as hell. But so, Season of Arrivals, it's a bridging season. Like, it's very much, yo, we're setting up both the end of this season, which is the beginning of next year kind of thing. Like, like yeah, we've been building to something all year. Here it is. The, uh, the pyramid ships are here in full force. They're on IO. You can see them from IO. Things are happening. Taken are popping up all kinds of places. Taken don't normally pop up. The Hive are suddenly interested in planets they've never been interested in before. Like, shit's going down. The Drifter's out there being extra driftery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he has a connection to the, uh, the, uh, yeah, he has a connection to all of it. I mean, they've been, they've been kind of hinting at it for a while. The Drifter's character is, like, again, like, we're not... A, we will someday do Charlie nerds the fuck out about certain aspects of Destiny the podcast. This is not one, but so so 
there's a loyalty quest in the game where you either can side with Drifter or the Vanguard, and mm -hmm. why us intellectuals chose to side with the Drifter is A, Drifter is cool, and B, yep. the Drifter kind of is like, despite his bravado and broishness and kind of like, maybe I'm evil, maybe I'm not, is there to act as kind of like where the Vanguard and the majority of the game is kind of law and order and shades of like black and white and nothing in between kind of thing, either it's good or bad. You have the Drifter that's kind of there being, like, morally ambiguous the entire time. Like, the Drifter flat out tells you, I'm a bad person. I was a dredging at one point. Like, I ran with I, I ran with that messed up crew. Like, I build Malfeasance. Like, Gambit is not lore-wise a good thing. It is you harnessing the dark to do, like, bad things. And, like, Drifter's giving you cool-ass gear to make dark motes for him that he's using for... It's not clear what, and yeah, and and the cool thing is, is like if you've, you know, if you have been, you know, did the quest line through Zer, yeah, then you get to find out a whole lot more about him, and it's some interesting stuff. Well, and also you get to learn stuff about him through the, uh, if, through the like um, loyalty quest you pick for him and stuff yes, like that too. Like exactly, and I and I did that too. Yeah. I did the did his loyalty quest. Yeah, because like yes. In a weird way, the Drifter is important because he's one of the few characters you actively interact with that have left the solar system. Like, I, I, this is more deep diving and lore that we need to go to, and so we're going to do it quickly. We're going to glaze over some stuff. When the Drifter came back to life as a Guardian, he is one of, if not the oldest living Guardian that we interact with regularly kind of thing. Like, there, That's there's not an EXO. Yeah, he's one of the oldest living Guardians that's not an EXO. Um, well, Guardians don't age. I mean, like, he came back during the real bad time in the timeline, to the point- I'm saying that the EXOs kind of have been around longer, it's, that's why It's not EXOs. clear, yeah, because this is where it gets ambiguous. There's also not a lot of EXO characters you interact with directly that have ongoing stories. Yeah. Yeah. Unimportant. He, he's one of, like I said, he's one of kind of thing, and unlike lots of other- kind of storyline characters, he got the fuck out of Dodge. Like, a piece of advice he'll give you occasionally in the game is get a hauler and leave the solar system, which is what he did, and, like, part of what makes the Drifter the Drifter, and kind of to add some context to, like, some of the things he says occasionally, he died a bunch from starvation, and the ghost kept bringing him back, but, like, he got stuck in a loop of starving to death, being brought back to life, and starving the fuck to death again. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, he has a crazy story. Yeah, and kind of, he gets way the fuck out there. And by way the fuck out there, I mean he winds up on plants that have ice monsters. And, like, it, this is where the story of the Drifter gets vague, like some shit goes down. He is the only person out of a pretty large group of people that kind of journeyed out to make it back. And he got back by doing some messed up stuff and it's not a good or bad thing but like he is a survivor at all costs and why is any of this important well you have another character called Eris Morn who is kind of who runs parallel to the drifter in that she's kind of got some morally ambiguous stuff going on she also is mm -hmm. pretty heavily implied to also be at least a mild dark user. And the dark I'm not being specific on because we don't know what the fuck the dark is ever in this thing. But she has abilities that a hunter shouldn't have. Both of them are hunters, FYI. Like, that's 
That's a yeah. thing people forget is that dr- people think the Drifter is a warlock. He's not. He's a hunter playing warlock, which is a whole other set of bizarre topics you can dig into. And Eris is in the same category. She's another hunter playing yeah. warlock, but unimportant. But like both of them have stuff going on that no one else does, and it's because they dabble in the dark in some ways. And it manifests in different ways and stuff like that. But so then this season is Eris and Drifter kind of in a bizarre way teaming up where, where you have Drifter, it's all about kind of harnessing and making the most of a situation. Eris is about understanding and peeling back the layer. And by their powers mm-hmm. combined, you get a really cool story where you have the Drifter being kind of the, the cycle of this thing where you, you go out, you get Umbral Emgrims, you bring them back, you put them into this weird decryptor thing the Drifter's built, which which is hilarious, by the way. Like, the fact that he's shit-talking the Cryptar, and he's like, you know, I made this mm-hmm. garbage can to decrypt your umbral, ar- mo- umbral moats, or, uh, sorry, umbral engrams. Not that hard, FYI. <laughs> like, yep. And, like, they're, they're, they have voice lines, but how he's like, I don't know why I put a voice modulator in this thing. Funny, though, right? And it's right next to him, so, like, it's the idea of, like, okay, so you have this thing that has your voice in it, and it has, like, dumb throwaway lines 10 feet away from the actual guy. Which I find funny as fuck, but... You know, the character I'd like to see more done with is Soraya. I have to say. On a kind of side note. I think just having her as just sort of the the guild, or, you know, the the guild person is just sort of like, eh, I mean, I get it, but it's like, She's a way more interesting character. Oh, you mean Hawthorne, yeah, sorry. I, I wasn't yeah. yes, I know Arlenor is Hawthorne. Um she's big in the first, like the year one storyline, I guess. Like the the Red yeah. War things. I Yes, I, I don't disagree with that necessarily, but she's also not a guardian. She doesn't have the light. And that's why I think she's more interesting. Yeah. Like uh, and I think like it would I, I would think that, you know, maybe with this story as it unfolds, like she might be important to seeing the truth. She would be important to seeing the truth of it simply because she's not married to the light. Yeah, and well, and you bring up an interesting point, which is up until this point in Destiny, we've been taught traveler good, darkness bad, pyramids dangerous, and yeah, at the start of Shadow Keep, the pyramids started to interject that they are at a minimum maybe neutral. Like, yeah. they're not good or bad, and maybe the Traveler also isn't as good as, well, we've been acting like it. And yeah, if you kind of take a step back and look at some of the things brought up throughout this season, like, there is some potentiality there where, like, it's neither one's good or bad, but it also kind of goes back to the, like, if you call something the darkness, it immediately gets applied a dark and sinister and evil connotation if you brand something the light it immediately gets branded as good and like Mm. a point kind of being passively brought up through destiny this entire year has been the idea where it's like yes we know the vex and the hive are the dark wielders but also like the fallen were light wielders at one point the cabal don't wield anything they're just assholes and one of them has welded Wielded the light before, though. I mean, that was Gaul? a big deal. Huh? What's which, that? Which one? Fall, uh, you're talking the Fallen, right? No, I'm talking about the Cabal. Who wielded it in the Cabal? It was a big deal. You mean Gaul? Like, he, Who he, stole he it? He managed to tap, like, the one 
That one guy managed to tap into the traveler. Yeah, Gaul. Sorry, yeah, he Gaul. doesn't really wield it. He more siphons it. Yes, I, it's yeah. Like I, sorry, I, the point I'm building towards is that like there's been hints that like the hive are evil, not the darkness kind of thing, and the hive interpreted stuff all wrong, and blah 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 blah. But back to the season as a whole kind of thing. So. Yeah, so from a pure mechanic standpoint, you have the new public event, which is just Gambit in the public spaces, which of course means I love it. That mo- that thing is yeah. chaotic and weird and fun as fuck to do. Like, yeah. unlike last season's thing, which was just maddening and grinding and painful, there's a mm-hmm. joy to this in the chaos where it's like, yeah, fuck this, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, this is... Like yeah, this the new public event this this time around is actually good instead yeah. of bad. And the challenge is, hey, you're under level lightwise, not hey, um, this is a terrible activity. Like yeah, I I was my I played the kind of opening day with one of my clan mates, and we got to the part of that story where you have to go play the public event. And we got to it, and we got really lucky. Where I, I'm not sure if it happens for everyone, but there's different voice cues that happen every time you start that. So it starts off with Eris being all like, we must do blah, blah, blah. And then the drifter just butts in and goes, Transnat firing! And the fucking tank shows up, and you just and he's <laughs> like, listens to me, go, holy shit, it's Gambit! And he's just like, ow, that hurt, and no, it's not. And he goes, oh shit, it is. And I'm like, everything is Gambit now! Yeah, Gambit is a great, great, it's, it's still, like, my favorite, because yeah. it's that perfect blend of, well, PvP and PvE. Yeah, it's the best of kind of what that game does in a semi-competitive way, I think. And mm-hmm. like it, the public event is so good. My ongoing reaction to it is, how the fuck did it take them this long to make this public event? Like this is, if you'd asked anyone who was like a Gambit fan, yeah, it would be a fun public event. They'd have been like, what if you just put Gambit in a patrol zone? And gave people the wave-based combat they've always been like, man, wouldn't it be nice if we got a survival game mode or something that wasn't a PvP thing, it was just PvE? This is that. Like, this is basically all that kind of thing. And it's got phases to it, and it's fun, and the rewards. And so, and that feeds into kind of like, so you've got that, and then you've got the other big thing of the season, which is Umbral Engrams, which are a whole new take on the loot system where you get Umbral Engrams, and then you take them to this drifter machine thing, and then you tell those engrams, okay, I want you to code into X. You don't get to pick the item, but you get to say, I want armor, I want guns, I want stuff of this specific persuasion. Like it's In that way, it, it makes it a bit like the uh, Menagerie. Yeah. Mm. But unlike the Menagerie, you can get the engrams from anywhere. So like, yeah. it just lets you kind of do whatever the fuck you want, and at the end of the day, cash out your humble engrams. Like, It'll get fixed soon, but like there's a way of farming in this game right now where you drop your light level as low as possible, go into the forges and just sit there, and you'll get random umbral engrams every once in a while. Like it's that'll go away. Do it while you can, kind of thing. I've been doing it. We've all been doing it. It's it's a great way to level up a character if you're under level, et cetera, et cetera. But like it's the most rewarding loop where it's the okay, go do stuff, bring them back here, tell tell us what you want them to be, decrypt them. Maybe you'll get exactly what you're looking for. If not you'll at least get something semi-relevant to what you're trying to do with your character. Like, you wanted armor, here's some armor. Is it not in the right slot? Well, tough. There's still some randomness to it, but at least it was still fucking armor. It's probably higher level than what you currently have. 
like I said, it in that way it 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 does feel like a more open menagerie. Yeah. Type of situation. Yeah. So then on top of that, you have the story of this season, which is kind of Eris Morn and the Drifter. So this is where it gets weird. So Beyond Light, they showed off a trailer for it, and it shows Drifter in a gas masky thing, Eris Morn, and of all things, the fucking Exo Stranger meeting up on a planet to do yo, we're the shadowy, ambiguous character bullshit stuff. I'm not I'm gonna be vague about it, so if you care about spoilers, you're not spoiling anything. But like this is definitely the season of Eris Morn finding someone that like Maybe she doesn't like because, man, does she not like the Drifter. And you shouldn't like the Drifter. The Drifter is a bad person. But, like, there's a certain, like, okay, yeah, we both understand what has to be done and we have to work together because, like, Zaval is a fucking coward. He's also mm-hmm. calculating and a good leader, but also a fucking coward. Yeah, in that he, he just won't make certain moves. Yeah, it's... Out of, you know, and... Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like he is doing, he's making the decisions that are, that are the best for the most people, but also, like, won't take risks. And yeah, th- this season's very much leaning into the idea of Zavala and kind of the vanguard dogma and philosophy is that if the Traveler isn't good, what the fuck have we been doing? So the Traveler has to be good, so no darkness powers. And then you've got Drifter and Eris being like, but what if darkness powers? Yeah. Mm. What if Finally you some moral be ambiguity being put into the universe, this. which honestly makes it feel a lot... I, I really... That's probably the thing I appreciate most about what they've finally been doing yeah. just this year, is throwing in some moral ambiguity on, like, who is, you know, like, like Osiris, I think, was is another character that kind of dances that line. Yeah. Not as obviously as Eris Morn and Drifter, but he does as well. Yeah. Like, he's like, I do what I want. Like, <laughs> also the first year where they've actually had a lot of defiance against the Vanguard, and at least people kind of saying... No, Zvala, you don't have the right answer. No, and they, and they started I mean, that with Forsaken, where he kind of, like, and this is where the Zavala's a coward meme started, and at that point in time, like, that was more of a meme, but the game has now kind of leaned into maybe it was always going to, maybe it's reactionary, where it's like, nah, this is bigger than the Vanguard wants it to be. Like, it's one of those ones where, like, there's an argument to be made that Shadow Keep, like, the intro to it kind of flat out says... Zavala was like, there's no hive on the moon? Oh shit, there's hive on the moon! There've always been hive on the moon. Yeah. Um, also, just even even with last season, is you know, story-wise anyway, yeah. it was like, hey Zavala, you don't have all the answers. Maybe we should use the giant AI that's that can do planetary defense to help us out here. Yeah. And I think even it's the fucking AI... ganked in the first ten seconds of this season, which was pretty cool. What's that? The, like, Rasputin got ganked in the first like yeah. ten seconds of the season too, which was kind of cool. It's like, oh, here's the super weapon. Darkness is like, yo, no, it's not. <laughs> well, he was never a super weapon. He's just a really smart person. Yeah, or, or with super being. weapons. That's. Yeah, with super weapons, but yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love that moment where you spend that entire season being like, Rasputin is so important. Darkness rolls up and turns Rasputin's off switch off. Just like, nope. We're going to shift that one to a zero, motherfucker. It's real cool you blew up the Almighty. Real cool. We don't give a fuck. We're the darkness. We're motherfucking pyramid shifts. So, uh, Well, they're basically magic. <laughs> Space magic, in the same way that, like, destiny magic is both technological and... We don't have time for me to go down the paracausal yeah. being rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't. Like, I don't have the energy to do that, and, like, our listeners are already sitting there being like, Okay, wrap up the fucking destiny talk, Charlie. I come here for other bullshit. But so, I... Before we kind of move on, the season's good, the loot pool's really good, the new weapons they've added are really cool... Most specifically, this season's exotic, which is Wither Horde, a.k.a. the Blighting Lion. It's real fun. It is... I don't know the last time there was a gun this much fun in Destiny that's also People like... are you already using it to melt, seriously melt some bosses. That's a like glitch they're the going to fix, but, like it's all, but it's also one of those ones where like it's good in Gambit, it's in, good in PvE, it's good in PvP. It's good across the board, but more importantly, it's fun while it's being good and the crucible crowds outrage over this weapon is amazing because it's basically like no people can control area now i don't like this i can't like the number of people i have killed by dropping something down and then watching them side strafe into the pool of death that they knew was there because they walked out of it but don't have the spatial awareness not to walk back into it is amazing <laughs> The minor changes that thing has made to how people are going about certain game modes is fantastic. And I know it's going to get nerfed a little bit or fixed because there is a glitch going on right now. But I hope they don't make it completely useless because, God, it is so much fun to use. Like, And it's not like broken, broken. It's just like, oh, people are idiots and can't play this game unless they can do exactly what they've done for the last three years. Wither Horde makes an argument for, okay, yeah, maybe this weapon sunsetting they've been talking about doing isn't actually a bad thing because this thing is shaking up the meta in so many weird ways. It's amazing. Mainly, it's just, it's getting rid of the sit and hold meta in a lot of ways. The, you know, the people that will just sit on a spot yeah. and kind of it's like you can't do that when this thing's in play well, yeah the, the, you actually have to be pretty clever about what how you're attacking or planning an attack and also it's one of those ones where if you have a corner you know is really good for defending a point guess what someone can do now from a really long range or extended period of time force you yeah. out of that fucking corner really easily like it's it's a big bubble too like it's not a small splash zone it's yeah. It does and, work. And, you know, its trade-off is it doesn't do, you know, nearly as much damage as uh, as some, but it does some, its effects, it's, yeah, it, it it's does the damage effects over time. that it yeah. does that make it very effective. Yeah. You, you, effect, you, you could basically flashbang an area while also doing damage. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I, it's, my clan loves it. Like, we're... It, it's the first catalyst in the game. It's it's a long catalyst. It's a grueling catalyst, but I'm like, I don't fucking care. I love this gun. I will go through this hell for this thing. This thing is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
I'm still not a fan of grenade launchers. I just don't like grenade launchers. I am not either. Like this is all, but this is also one of those ones where it's it's such a good grenade launcher. I'm a fan of it. Like it, what it does is what I've always wanted a couple other guns in the game to do. Like it, it feels like the grenade launcher version of Thorn from D1, and Thorn in D2 is fine. It's not as good as it. It's not as broken in some ways as you want Thorn to be. This one's got. Mostly this one is fun because it's a fantastic idiot test. Like, the number of people that, like, you'll shoot this thing, they'll back out of it, but not far enough, or, like, they'll back out and then run back in to start shooting back at you because they think they're out of the damage, even though the effect is all fucking around them still. It's amazing. Like, the number of multi-kills I've gotten in Crucible because... I've just kind of, like, coded a door entrance, and people are like, well, I'm going to stand where I normally stand and shoot into this area and just get wiped by it. Like, oh, God, I had a 13-kill streak at one point with this thing. Damn. Yeah, it's, I'm not that good at Crucible. I'm fine at Crucible, but, like, it, it's a weird equalizer because a bunch of, like, boring Crucible stuff no longer works because it's like, oh, here's a six-foot circle you can't stand in now without dying, and... It's not the fastest damaging thing, but even if you kill me, this will probably kill you still. And it lasts. Well, I mean, and the thing is, yeah, it, it has a damage over time mechanic. And so you, you can't just stand in the blast radius. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's throwing a good wrench into a lot of kind of tired strategies. You know, like just basically it's kind of like what you said. The people that just know the maps really well and just know the best spots, you could just flush people out of those spots and yeah. force them into different strategies now. Yeah, it's it's bringing back a weird sense of mobility the game hasn't had in a while. Like, it, yeah. part of what I liked about Destiny, uh, Destiny One multiplayer was that was a mode you kind of had to keep moving in constantly. Like you, you could lane, but you had to kind of keep on the move a little bit just because of how that system worked. This is brought back, probably only temporarily, but there is that kind of feeling of, nah, you gotta keep moving at least side to side, or something will get you. Yeah. And in the time I've not been playing way too much Destiny, I've also been playing The Last of Us, because that game, the sequel comes out soon, and I know I've said some things about The Last of Us in the past that are mostly me being like, eh, I don't like it because zombie game, but... People like that game a lot, and I want to go into Last of Us 2 at least trying to feel the things the people that felt things from The Last of Us 1 felt, or at least being like, yeah, I remember the story of this game. I still don't like that game a lot, but I am... Now that people aren't telling me it's the greatest game ever made, I'm more tolerant of the things I found really annoying the first time around. Like, the fact you have to get better at aiming still always bugs me in video games. I... I get it, but also I hate it. Especially when it's like, okay, guns you're bad at, but throwing bricks you're a badass at. Mm. Which makes sense if you've never really fired guns before. Yeah, but the impression is that Joel, the main character, has shot guns before and other stuff. It's the Mass Effect 1. Oh, you gotta level up this gun to be better at shooting. And I'm like, but I'm a soldier. I probably went through shooting practice. Okay, no, okay. Yeah. That's about it for me. I've been mostly sick. I One Piece came to Netflix, and I've been watching that because I make poor life choices. <laughs> yeah, it's on my list of things to start watching eventually. No, there's over a thousand episodes of it. Like, it's 
There is too much One Piece. Don't do the thing I'm doing. It's a bad idea. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, it has, at this point, I think more op- episodes than anything that's ever existed. Wow. Yeah, and it's still going. Like, it's it's got that Simpsons effect where it's not done. It's still out there adding more episodes. Yeah. Hmm. This interests me in a weird way. Yeah. I also because I finally kind of reached that point with anime. Like I, I I'm watching a anime for the inspired pervert out there. Uh, Monster Masume. All right, so so in comparison, now you, we know that you know The Simpsons has been going for a lot of seasons. Yeah. It has a uh, closing in on seven hundred. One Piece has over a thousand. I think it's like so... over a thousand one hundred or something. Like, it's not just over yeah. a thousand, it's yeah. in the 1100 range and counting. Yeah, there's a, there's a, it's just, yeah, it is in, in, <laughs> yeah, if you think trying to start over with the Simpsons, Simpsons is intimidating, ugh, One Piece is way more, because it has continuing storylines. The characters have ongoing arcs. Like, yeah. all of the characters have ongoing arcs. And I had so to put it in like... perspective, like, I'm I'm past the first, like, 50, 60 episodes, and there's only, like, five crew members, and we just got through, like, their immediate storylines. It's like, yo, mm-hmm. we're still in the starting zone, FYI. And I'm like, right, I read the manga for this for a while. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. I look forward to it. Yeah, the Netflix is but a pretty good dub of good it, stories. too, which is why I'm watching it. The art is fun. The action is fun. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I, I, it, it has the DBZ thing where a lot of fights go on for about an episode longer oh, than you really yeah. want them to, if not more. Yeah. But at the same <laughs> time, those fights are weird because characters on this show have weird powers. Like for those not familiar with One Piece, uh, the main character, One Monkey D. Luffy, eats the gum gum fruit, a, a devil fruit that gives him the power of rubber body parts. So his whole yeah. thing is fucking stretch Armstronging people to death. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and they definitely get creative with that. Oh, and the, and the fruits get weird. Like one of the early on villains is a guy who ate the chop chop fruit, whose ability is launching his body parts off and cannot be cut with knives because it's just kind of like if you could slice it, he can launch it, kind of thing. Like it's it's funky. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and, and some of the fruit make more sense, and some of the fruit are absolutely bizarre, where it's like, okay, you have the gum-gum fruit, I have the summon demons fruit? How is that a fruit? <laughs> it's a very good fruit, it looks like an orange. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it citrusy? I. They all kind of look like pineapples, which I enjoy. I, I, I will say this, though, if you're gonna get into One Piece now, so maybe this is for you, Alex. You should enjoy the better English dub that Netflix is making is putting out there. I, I assume other people are doing it too. Netflix is making it dumb available for people. Go back and watch the original four kids opening song, though. It's amazing. The One Piece oh, rap is truly one of the best terrible Americanizing intros for a show that should not have been aimed at the demographic they chose to aim the show at. It's great. <laughs> Like, I, like, as far as the anime I watch, like, 
One Piece is pretty tame on the spectrum of like, I wouldn't feel embarrassed if a kid walked in, in the room. I wouldn't be like, no, Johnny, don't learn the words in this show. But at the same time, like this is a show where people kill people pretty frequently and stuff like that. And blood happens. And they tried reboxing this as like a TV seven Saturday morning thing for the four kids network. And oh, God, the intro for that was amazing. Like, just little dumb things, like one of the characters smokes and they replace it with lollipops, and I'm like, that somehow makes this character weirder. Like, I don't know what kids are into these days, but like, a dude that's constantly sucking on lollipops is obviously a sex criminal. <laughs> yeah, that, he's just a weird pervert. Yep. That's better than him smoking, right? No, no, it's not. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I've been up to. I, anime, Last of Us, and lots of Destiny. The new season's real good. I'm just gonna say that again. I, if you're looking for it, if you've been like, man, I heard Destiny's free to play. This would probably be a pretty good season to start up at. Mm-hmm. There's stuff going on that's really cool. Like it's there. There's more story in this season than there's been in all the previous seasons combined in some way. Like in the weirdest way possible, this one's like, okay, you know those threads we have out there? Yeah, we know they're there, too. We're gonna start addressing some of them right fucking now, FYI. And it will pay off next year when the Beyond Darkness, or whatever the fuck it's called, happens. Uh, Beyond Light happens. Yeah. You go back to what Alex was saying, the expansion for the next three years, so 2020 is Beyond Light, 2021 is The Witch Queen, and then 2022 is Lightfall. All of these are ominous and promise really cool things if you're a Destiny nerd lore. Or lore nerd. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. What have you two been up to? Um, not much for me, really. Um, this whole... I mean, I've been trying to get caught up with all the announcements and things like that. Um, also, of course, all the memes as a result of the consoles looking the way they do and all that. Are you a Kaiba, or I personally am in the camp that I think it looks like the um, marker from Dead Space? Uh, I like the one with the, uh, somebody had a Wi-Fi router with two pieces of paper on each side. That's been one of my favorites for the PS5. The PS2 inside the three-ring binder is also a pretty good one. There's also the one with, uh, the PS5 looks like a performing arts building that was built at a college somewhere. And they have it laid off the side, and it looks like one of those fancy buildings. Uh, so, there's a few. Then there's a few that are like, oh no, it's the five Xboxes surrounding the one PS5. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that one. Uh, yeah, it, it's a reference to a porn scene. <laughs> I thought that oh. was great. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. But yeah. Um, what's it called? Yeah, so just kind of keeping up with all that. I really much spent most of my week just kind of sprucing up around the house, to be honest with you. There wasn't a lot really done. So uh, it was just kind of being productive. So it was a very quiet week. Now, especially with, like, the Zoth being dead on my part and all that, like, it's just quiet. It's, it's, it's like my quiet time right now, so it's working on another character. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I wish I had more. I'll probably just be jumping on some Destiny at some point, just because, like I said, as far as the raiding content goes, we're essentially just farming it for the mounts and stuff at this point. So. What are the mounts? Uh, there's this, like, tentacle jellyfish thing that looks like it's from, you know, it's it's the Zoth-themed jellyfish mount that you get. 
So it's got a bunch of eyes and tentacles, and you fly around. So, yeah. It's pretty neat. I actually lucked out because it drops randomly for two people in the raid when you kill it, and I was, when we first got our kill, I was the first person to get it. So, lucked out on that one. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is right now. Oh, that and running uh, raid sales. So I'm, I'm running, like, with a couple people, we go and we kill stuff for people who are willing to pay gold for it. They don't have a raiding guild. And so just basically carrying people for gold, which is fun. Get myself ready for the next expansion. That's where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. What's up <laughs> like with I you, said, Henry? Not, not an intriguing week. No, fair. One's a coming, I suppose, with uh, Shadowlands. Yeah. Henry? Well, yeah, I uh, haven't really been up to playing that many games. I'm, I'm still kind of, I guess, casually playing, like, KOF All-Star. There's nothing particularly new in this expansion. Well, I guess something kind of big where they've announced sort of a new set of levels that you can get your characters to that require some new items to mm. deal with. So they're kind of kind of like a post leveling thing. Is that, it like past is it like past ninety or is it like Yeah. A, okay. Yeah, it's past ninety, but it's like a new numbering system kind of. And but it requires different items to level it. Mm. And so it is sort of a brand new system they've rolled into it. And I've uh it's kind of hard to do because part of trying to do it is sort of still luck of the draw. All right, so you need a new... One of the new items is is something that happens when you do a summon and you don't... and But you already own the thing, own the character. Oh. And so, so instead of only getting, like, a, what you need to sort of over... to allow... to unlock the character levels... You get a new thing, like one of a new thing, I forget what it's called at the moment, but one new item that's required to unlock all the new levels. And so it's kind of a crapshoot. So far, I only have it for two characters. And I've only managed to get one level in each of them, because I haven't gotten more. But so it's... Uh, yeah, it's... it's be, but the thing is, they've also been running a, this big campaign of like temporary rubies that are that you keep that are only available to use, but are used first. Um, but those are good until like the middle of July or something. But essentially, you get a crap ton of them. Like you can get up, like you'll you can honestly get up to like a thousand a day easily of the Damn. free ones, and you start out just with a crap ton as well. Like, you start out, you can start out with up to 20,000, uh, depending on how much, how many rubies you've spent uh, previously in general. And so, yeah, so now they've made it where you can get, a, right now, a ton more. Like, uh, and they've also fixed the summons, so you can choose which which characters you have a higher chance of getting. Hmm. Uh, which is great uh, if you have some characters you're trying to level or over level. So but yeah, that's yeah. I guess that that's a big change. Like they aren't like the new characters that they've introduced for this month aren't. They're kind of like well, okay, whatever. 
Um, they are giving you Orochi for free, though, so which is kind of cool. Hmm. He's he's a way way powerful character. Oh. Um, essentially, if you like put in the code or like awaken Orochi, you just as a coupon code, you just get him for the for this month. And so yeah, and he's a really crazy powerful character. Um, but yeah, the because he's an SNK boss, and SNK bosses are a thing. <laughs> if you've ever played any SNK fighting games, that's that's a thing. But yeah, um, that's kind of the only game I've really been playing. Like I haven't really been digging into much. Like I played a little bit of Destiny Two just to kind of see the new season, or at least experience a little bit of it. Um, other than that, I've been watching Doctor Who. Uh, the new Doctor, I'm just a huge fan of. I think she's doing a tremendous job. Uh, I just and the for the newer season, the showrunner has gotten better. The first season was very for this new Doctor. The first season was very off and on. That is. It was, like, a good episode, mediocre episode. He didn't quite have his hand on sort of how to write sci-fi. Because he hadn't written sci-fi before. Or hadn't written much sci-fi, I'd say. He'd, he'd written a little bit before. Chris, Chris Chibnall is the current showrunner. and But I have to say that this season is already better. It's not... Uh, it's not finished yet i don't yeah as far as yeah it's not finished yet but new season's good the new doctor is absolutely incredible just absolutely fantastic the new uh well i no i'm not going to say that it's it's a it's a spoiler but the new doctor is just she's just done an incredible job jody whittaker is the actress's name and She's she's really embodying a very unique and very cool doctor. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess because I've kind of been attending protests and been involved in stuff like that, I haven't really been playing as many games or watching as much stuff as I might normally. I've also been uh, buying some camping goods because, well, I used to have a bunch, but I've sold it off in the past, and I'm kind of rebuilding that at the moment. Because I like camping. I like just kind of going out and being alone, like a camp by myself usually. I'm just going out and just kind of relaxing out in nature and not really paying attention to anything. So, and it's like it's pretty easy to social distance when there's nobody around. So, yeah. Uh, some of the parks around us are beginning to slowly open back up to camping again so when that happens i'm going to be heading out and trying to head out before it hits fire season mm. which we're kind of coming up yeah on. yeah i was say you're you're, you're hitting it pretty close say, we're pretty much now. in it right now which is why the people that see people lighting off fireworks near my house are interesting yeah because well at least around where i live fireworks are banned at all times like you you just can't launch fireworks around here. At least you're not supposed to, anyway. But, yep. Yeah, I've been hearing them around, like, last night. Really loud ones. But, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much my week. I haven't really been up to as much as I am 
game-wise or media-wise. But yeah, I'm probably going to play more Destiny 2 this week, though. Yeah, it doesn't always hurt. Like, the first couple days of this game were definitely like, oh, the spaghetti code is back. Great. Mm. Little rough. News time? Sure. News time. Alright, so there's obviously one big thing to talk about this week we're going to save towards the end. That's the PS5. But we also have a bunch of smaller kind of news things to get through before we get to that that either mildly relate or are going to be bundled up as part of that or have no bearing whatsoever or just worth talking about quickly. Uh, we're also going to talk about the PC gaming show right before that. So if you're expecting the big reveals right off the back, nope. We do have some kind of quick gaming news to get through. It's just kind of general announcements and leaks and whatnot. Uh, so EA accidentally confirmed, uh, revealed, then confirmed that, yeah, Star Wars Squadrons is a thing. We'll hear more about it apparently in the week this episode comes up. It appears to be a Rogue Squadron-esque Star Wars game, hypothetically, which people have been begging for for a while. There was a tech demo a bunch of years back that some company put together that was supposed to, like, they, they used Star Wars stuff as a placeholder. It was trying to make a, flight, a space flight game. Yeah, well, well, the day this goes up, June 15th at 11 a.m., there's a press conference for this. So this will be old news by the time it happens. But, yeah, Star, uh, yeah, Star Wars Squadron is indeed a thing that got leaked. Next up, uh, Chivalry 2 is a thing, and it will apparently have cross-play between all the consoles, which is pretty cool. Oh. Uh, also including PC. We'll have cross-play between the platforms. PS5, Xbox, and PC, I believe. Yeah. Sony's yeah. actually jumping on board to do the uh, cross-platform? I think they kind of have to at this point. I'm just surprised, because they're usually the holdout with some of the recent cross-play stuff. Yeah, but they've also been slowly leaning into it. Like it, It's weird. If you look at the Xbox One, they don't really have cross-play. It's just between them and the PC version of stuff you bought through their store, which is a step in the right direction, I guess, but they haven't been as progressive as we all want to act like they've been, but gotcha. this is a better okay. this is a step in a better direction. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh next up after that, where is it? Slay the Spire, a game Henry has talked about a lot on this podcast, is now on iOS, so you have no excuse not to have played that yet. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, the game feels like a mobile game. It's real easy. I mean, there's a lot of dragging, like dragging stuff around in the game. So it's like pretty natural. It feels very natural on a touch screen, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, I was going to say, does that feel like a game that would be okay there? And it sounds like, yeah, definitely. Oh, super, super so. Because a lot of the game, like, it actually feels like a mobile game. Like, because you, it, there is a pulling and dragging of the cards. That's how you play them. You drag them and then drag them on top of stuff. And so it's like, actually, I think it's possibly better on a, on a touch screen. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and last but not least, these kind of quick one-off things. This one's for Alex. Yeah. Alex, what if I told you that uh, there was a rumor going around that Persona 4 Golden was coming to Steam in the near future? I heard such rumor. What if I told you it was out right now? That's what I heard, that it is actually out. It's like 20 bucks on Steam right now. If you've wondered what the fuck this game is that me and Jeff used to kind of wax poetically about and that I hold up as one of the best JRPGs of all time, 
you have no excuse not to play it. Apparently the version is real good. It's nice and definitive. It is the golden edition, not the normal edition. So, yeah, go check it out. It's cool they did this. <laughs> Unbelievably cool. Huh. I may actually have to pick that up because I was... I, I'm a little sad, obviously, since I moved that I wasn't yeah. able to finish. Yeah. That's one of the things I regret us not ever getting a chance to finish, in all honesty, before you moved. But, oh well. What next? Let's talk about Alex Kidd. Yeah. Uh, Sega news. Sega, Sega news of the week of the week. <laughs> uh, so uh, Alex Kidd, spelled K-I-D-D, if you didn't know, is coming back next year for an all-new video game, says Sega. Um, for those who don't know what the fucking Alex Kidd is, will you explain this one, Henry? All right, so Alex Kidd was really Sega's mascot before Sonic. And yes, there was a lot of history before Sega had Sonic as a game and as a mascot. And so on the Sega Master System, you their flagship games included a character called Alex Kidd. And not just one game, several games. Like, we're talking many games were Alex Kidd games. They even did a Alex Kidd version of Shinobi that was on what? the Master System, which is really good. Like, super good. It, 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 like, it, it has some really cool mechanics to it. And so, yeah, Alex Kidd was the mascot for them for a good while. I mean, essentially, the Sonic didn't appear till the Genesis years. And then they kind of end up making some Sonic games for the Master System and the Game Gear. But yeah, it was... Uh, Alex Kidd was the mascot and was starred in a lot of games. Yeah, so the game and... you're getting out of this is Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX, which is one part remaster, one part new game, one part kind of graphical overhaul of the existing Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Yeah, and essentially it's a platformer. I mean, in, in the vein of a lot of sort of classic platformers, his abilities are he can he has different vehicles he can ride, he punches things, there's breakable blocks. There's items to get, enemies to punch. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a fairly simplistic platformer. Yeah, it's a side scroller plat. It's a side scrolling platformer. But yeah, the graphics, the graphical upgrade looks great. Looks, it looks really cute. nice. Yeah. And yeah, it, but it's but it's interesting to see them come back to this character who hasn't seen a game in like thirty years. <laughs> pretty much so yeah um i'm kind of excited to see it yeah. i hope they'll add enough new stuff where it doesn't just feel like a retread where you know they'll add in some new mechanics maybe some new you know you know, revamp the game yeah levels. there's stuff like a boss rush mode coming and stuff like that to it so yeah i mean it's it, yeah it's kind of a back to basics sort of thing it reminds me a bit of the the uh, Wonder Boy games that they well they made a remake of Wonder Boy of a Wonder Boy game and then they did a uh, sort of a new adventure as well but yeah this looks real fun and yeah I'm looking forward to it I'll probably uh, I will likely pick it up because it is coming to the PC as as well as the sort of newer consoles so yeah it's good Sega news yeah. Where to go from here? Um, remember Devotion, that game that got pulled off all the marketplaces because it was anti-China? 
my anti, I mean, it had kind of criticism about China in a real subtle way. Well, it's getting released in, in Taiwan. And, as, <laughs> and it's getting a, its physical only release, not download. But man, it looks nice. Like, it's a really nice version. Like, it, the box set just looks fantastic, actually. Like, it's a really, really cool box set for it. Mm. Um, this feels like uh, kind of, this kind of feels like it's the Bible game of the modern era, where I want a copy of this not for like genuine reasons, because it's a cool moment in gaming history to hold on to. Where the Bible game was ironic. This is kind of more of a protest statement in some ways. But let's see if I can track one of these down somehow. Yeah, looks real cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a PC game, and yeah, yeah, the box set. Looks stunning. He even has like a fake VHS tape in it, which just it looks really neat. Yeah, I love the idea of a yeah. fake VHS where it's like, no, no, it's so hard to find VHS now. We have to make fake ones. Yeah, and so and it's just part of the boxing for it. But it's, it's a nice touch because it's. I mean, as far as I know, it is it is thematic with the way the game is. But yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Cool-looking box set, and I'm glad that it's getting a release. Feels dumb that it got pulled in the first place. I think you can order this if you're in the States. Mm, I, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this more after this podcast. <laughs> if yeah. I can get my hands on this, I totally am. It will go on a shelf and never get played because I don't think it's a game I want to play. But at the same time, I will happily support its existence. I want a piece of gaming history as a result. Fuck, I want a Stadia controller. This is definitely more worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where to go next? Um, I, I want to say let's let's fucking talk about Ron Johnson quickly. Uh, it's 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 too good not to talk about right now. I think. Um, yeah. So I think we were joking about this. When we started recording, and maybe we joked about it as part of it, but I forgot. Uh, it's so. If you made a list of companies that I thought would respond badly to the current kind of ongoing protests and COVID and all that jazz, I might have ironically put Riot Games on that list just because it's fucking Riot Games and why the fuck not? Well, uh, executive Ron Johnson of Riot Games, uh, the head of global, uh, the, the global head of consumer products, has revealed himself to be just a pinnacle piece of shit human being and. As as a result, left the company. I don't think it was a firing, unfortunately. Which yeah, he resigned. He got the chance to resign and wasn't just straight fired. Which I think tells you all you need to know about Riot in that kind of moment. But mm-hmm. uh, but again, we're gonna turn this now over to our um, resident uh, resident kind of understanding of geopolitical undergoings. Uh, explain this one, Henry, because it's just magnificent. Real bad. So essentially, it was over a post. It was a Facebook post, which is basically like, like, George Floyd was literally coming to kill your kid. It's just, it's real bad. And it's, it's just the worst, most possible, I can't think of a worse take on this. I, because, but I've seen, you know, similar takes on it, but it's like, that's a terrible take on this. I mean, and this is, I don't want to go and make, go too far into this, but let's just say the idea of vic- villainizing somebody who is killed by police or assaulted by police is way too common of a narrative as it stands. 
Like, they... Implying that they deserved it. And... Whatever this man... The man's past was... The crime he was... He was killed for... Was using a possibly false 20. The counterfeit $20 bill. But yeah, this completely garbage riot executive... So, let's just say... You know, this isn't like a... Just somebody, you know, some random person at the company. This is a higher-up executive just made the most awful statement possible. And instead of just firing him, they're like, well, we put him on leave while we investigate this. What is there to investigate? It's just... I'm the reading post this timeline. is right fucking there. Well, this gets even more insidious. So if I'm reading this timeline right, and I might not be, so I apologize if I mess this timeline up. But I think this came a week after Riot made a big deal about how they were making a commitment to drive change and were committing a million bucks in donating to minority education and justice programs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like, this is the... this It's... I think one thing it just showed you is he is the type of person that moves up in Riot. This is the type of person that Riot promotes up to a, an executive position. That should tell you a hell of a lot about what Riot is actually about. And the fact that they're still a garbage fucking company. And the fact is that they didn't just say, no, you're fired. They're like, we'll put you on leave while we investigate this. What the fuck are you investigating? It's not like this isn't a fucking Sherlock Holmes mystery that it's it's there's just a post there, a really obvious one that puts things in very plain, easy to understand terms. It, it, you're, we're not trying to unlock the fucking Da Vinci code here, but it just shows you there again what Riot is about. They yeah, eventually, obviously, pushed him to like. Hey, we're getting terrible PR from this because we didn't just fire you. Please quit. But they should have fired his ass. They should have fired his ass immediately, been like, what what even is this? What what possibly could have entered your dumb mind to make you type this? But also, you know what? People that are this garbage are garbage all of the time. It's not like this was like an accident that fell out of his mouth. This is emblematic of his thinking, the way he, the way he is, the way he runs things. And and there again, imagine that this guy was the ex an executive for Riot Games. Just un, absolutely, yeah. Riot obviously hasn't made that much progress on cleaning out their company. That's that's and that's that's kind of all I really have to say about that. Get your shit together, Riot. It's weird too. Like, if you take a step back and look at how the last year and some change has gone for them, like you've had the the ongoing lawsuit, all that stuff surrounding that. Then you had the kind of Valorant controversy. Now you have this. What the fuck is going on at Riot? Riot gonna do what Riot gonna do? Uh, apparently. Uh, apparently. I suspect this is not the last we've heard of this topic, given how these things typically seem to linger in bizarre ways. So look forward to our ongoing coverage on this. Yep. All right, next up. Uh, 
over 300,000 Nintendo accounts got hacked in April. That's a lot oh, of accounts. That's, that's a, a lot. Yeah. I might go so far as to guess that might be almost all of the Nintendo accounts that exist, but I feel like we talked about this maybe when it was happening about a month ago or so, but there was rumors about there was some big security breach at Nintendo. Like, I double-checked yeah. I had, um... Yeah, so apparently the original announcement was uh, uh, 160,000 sorry, 160, less, but that number's now been put up to 300,000, so yeah. Get security, Nintendo. Apparently people like... are doing it to buy Fortnite shit, which is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, Fortnite. <sighs> this is why Epic is bad. Look what it's done. Or, you know, Nintendo, a company fantastically terrible at no, online everything. No, don't, don't you dare tarnish the sweet name of Nintendo. Those people have been nothing but angels to us. This is clearly the work of evil Fortnite and Epic fans. This is why I say Epic Store bad. No one would ever hack Nintendo accounts if it was related to Steam. Just saying. I want to live in a world where you can download... <laughs> I want to live in a world where you can download Fortnite through Steam just to see people's heads implode on that one. I really want that to happen in my lifetime. Oh, God. It'll never happen, but, dude, if it ever happens, holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of online screw-ups, uh, Activision kind of fucked up recently and put out an 88-gig patch. <laughs> not the not as big a faux pas as having 300,000 accounts get hacked but still not a great move especially when you're putting that on the Xbox but <laughs> how much I how much how, how much shit to the fucking paid DLC store are you adding that's 88 gigs worth of shit so for reference the PS4 version was 32 gigs what the fuck was missing how? I don't think it's missing. I think it's more what was additional. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck? That's a huge, just like that's a huge difference. Almost like a factor of two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it was a mistake. Yeah. So something got screwed up here. But I'm guessing, I don't know. Maybe like a bunch of cache files got included in the update. Yeah, this is nothing more than kind of an innocent guffaw, but at the same time, it's still like, holy shit, that's like someone has a data cap out there right now. They're like, what the fuck? Wow. That's. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, in, in reference, like, uh, like, I, my previous, uh, hard drive that I had, uh, the previous hard drive that I had was only, or my, at least my solid state hard drive was only about 150 something gigs. So, yeah, 88 gigs is a hell of a lot to as an update. Yeah, so, but yeah, obviously there is an issue there, a problem there, and it's not supposed to be 88 gigs. <laughs> well done, Activision. Way to fuck it up. Uh, we we may have some um, breaking news that just popped up. Alex, because you're kind of the meme expert on this one, how would you feel about a KFC gaming console? Oh, I saw that, and I'm all for it. 
Yeah, it's not real. It's just a fun thing to bring up because it came through my news crop picker real quick about new consoles. So, yeah. No, I I think KFC is diving into the world of video games. I mean, they did get some success with the KFC dating simulator game. It's only natural they're stepping into consoles now. So I mostly enjoy the fact that KFC gaming exists. It, it does. KFC gaming is an actual Twitter account. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Based on console looks, this fake console they made doesn't look terrible. But let's move on back to real news, real quick. Important <laughs> stuff to talk about. Need a buffer in there before we move on to our back to our other news. Any other dumb shit we can talk about? Um, ah, fuck it. No, we can't. Yeah, there is. You want to talk about dumb shit? Let's talk about the transcendence of GTA Five into the. That's next kind of step. part of. You're right. That's kind of part of the PS Five news. But yes, as so. As part of the uh, PS5 reveal, we have learned that GTA 5 is now not a double console generation game, but now has the hat trick. It was on the PS3, the PS4, and now it's coming to the PS5. In addition to that, they are going to be selling an online-only version of that. I believe it's free, but I don't don't have total confirmation yeah, on GTA that. GTA Online. Yeah, yeah. It, you can buy the standalone version of that. If you've never needed more proof we're never getting a GTA 6, here you go. <laughs> I'm just in awe at the fact that this is a thing. I, I'm not. Like, it's coming to the Xbox Series X, too. Like, it's... Yeah. But, like, and what... <laughs> is this the... Is this... I actually am curious. Are they going for the Guinness World Record of, like, the only ga- game that's been released? Like... The, it, it basically a game in substance, not like a, a, a sequel, through three consoles? Is this like a, a, a jab at that? I think this is... I think this is no more complicated than... None of us play GTA Five online all that frequently. But that game fucking slays and stacks, stacks on stacks on stacks to this day. Oh, yeah. Like, this is no more complicated than, okay, it costs us this much money to make a new video game. All right, cool. What would it cost us to port P- uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto V again? Oh, significantly less. Let's do that real quick. Jeez. Well, and like, again, like, we're going to put the cynical Charlie Brain hat on for a second. I assume that the most effort put into this thing was porting it to PC. Probably incorrectly, but I assume once you have it on PC, exporting a version of that back to a console, because you've already put in the upresing work at that point. You've already set it up so, okay, we can increase graphic fidelity and take advantage of better hardware. Bringing whatever build that is back to a console, when they like, oh, here's the new PS5 and Xbox Series X, it's easy by comparison. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't take, like, it's not like one dude in the basement going, PS5 button, but, like, it's a team probably a couple months as opposed to, like, thousands of people several years. Well, let's ask our resident game dev. Yeah, that's fair. Henry, your your thoughts on this one? Because, I mean, if anybody knows the ins and outs of, like, basically up-resing and doing something like this, like, you would be the man to know. So, I'm curious what your thoughts are on it, actually. Um, it's an old code base. And they already have an engine for it, so I mean, I think it's going to be a pain in the ass to do. But it's going to take less time than creating a new GTA. There you go. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, essentially you need your artists, your graphic artists to come in and make new assets. 
which that's going to take time. Also, I'm and... saying, do you have the 4K version for PC? You're just kind of sticking with that, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, they they may not do a complete graphical upgrade, uh, or update. The code is just going to have to make sure it includes the stuff that you know anything that the PS5 will be using that's different, which that could be drastically different from console to console. So that will probably be a pain in the ass. Yeah, making sure that you know is essentially like they just have to update their engine to work with. PS5, and that's not a small undertaking. I, I'm increasingly uncomfortable with how, like, I I understand the first, like, ten games I play on a new console are probably going to suck because they're the ones that were there at launch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, they're, they're, they're working on the, you have nothing else to play on your fancy new console, so play us. I, I'm not sure if I'm unnerved or kind of enjoying the fact that, like, fucking Destiny's out there, Fortnite's out there, now... Grand Theft Auto's out there being like, yo, here's a good game you can play on launch day. We'll be there for you with the exact same bullshit you're already playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I, I, this is mostly on here because I fucking called this a couple weeks. I think we all collectively called it, and just, yeah, it, our cynical brains at work were absolutely correct on this one. Uh, but before we get to our kind of Big reveals of the week via trade show events, if you will. Got some Black Lives Matter stuff to cover. Uh, so, remember that uh, Itch.io bundle they were selling that was to raise money for equality and all that jazz? Well, it fucking blasted past its goals, which is awesome. Yeah, no, which is, I mean, it's great. They, they crushed it. Yeah. I don't know what the current number is, but it's pretty high. It's a, suffice to say, we be, it beat the 5 million goal, so that's in itself pretty fucking good, especially in less than a week. Yeah. yeah there's only a day left of it if you still want to get it. By the yeah. time this podcast is out, it's going to be done. But as it stands right now, it's at 6.6 6 million. Damn. Yeah, so for so... reference, all proceeds are going to the NWACP, which is a Legal Defense and Education Fund, and... Community bail fund, fifty-fifty split on both. Both are good things in these in these strange times we live in. Not sure strange times is appropriate to say anymore. These important times. Uh, one we live thing in. that's kind of interesting that it includes. So there is a there's a, all right. So I've I've maybe I mentioned this to you guys, but I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. So there's this great online comic that's also a physical comic called Kill Six Billion Demons. Yep. There, the RPG that they created, Lancer, is also a part of this package. Huh. And Lance, Lancer is sort of a mecha, it's a mecha RPG, tabletop RPG. And But yeah, that's the PDFs for that are also included as part of the package. So that's kind of super cool. Mainly because I just, I really love the, the comic. I think it's absolutely amazing. And but yeah, the the mech or tabletop RPG that they created is also available through this. So, yep. But yeah, uh, awesome. Thank you, thank you, gaming community for you know showing that hey, like we like we do also can put our money towards great causes. Once again, showing that anyway. Yeah. 
keeping in the same vein of thought. Um, Clee, I'm pronouncing that right, Henry. Clee? Or maybe Clay, I don't Clay. know. Donates one million to Black Lives Matter causes. Uh, in these times of donation, this doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is, because you're hearing about these numbers coming from much bigger companies. These are the people behind uh, Don't Starve and all that jazz, which by itself is a fucking incredibly successful game, but they are still, I think, technically considered an indie developer. Yeah. They aren't nearly the size of AAA companies. Yeah. So AAA companies, why is an indie donating the same amount of money as you? Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Well, because they can, and they do amazingly well for themselves, but that's no excuse. You should be do, doing more large companies. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, before we dive into our game sh- gaming show announcements, No More Hero Composer, a dude that historically makes fucking rad-ass music in my book, because No More Heroes, has teamed up with a bunch of uh, black rappers in Japan to make a kick-ass song to support Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that is, the proceeds from that will go towards causes. Yeah. Like, like, oh. So, yeah. So, is, is, but that's, it's a cool track, and, but yeah, you can go on Bandcamp and do the pay what you want on it, and the proceeds will go towards supporting, uh, yeah. uh, you know, BLM causes and BLM-related causes, so. Pretty pretty cool. Let's start off our game show talking with the PC got the 2020 PC gaming show, a game show that we all fucking forget exists because it's weirdly covered every goddamn year. Uh, as of right now, you can be playing Torchlight Three on Steam if you so wish. Uh, it's oh yeah. If not for the Torchlight, it's that Diablo game that's not made by Blizzard. So go check it out. Yeah. And it's actually good. Yeah, Torchlight like, is a good game. Like, yeah, and Torchlight Three, I'll probably play it. Yeah. They also like I I know like there's a pretty good mod scene. I think Torchlight, if I remember. Yeah, I, it's it's a beloved game amongst that community. It does a lot of things really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Persona Four Golden was announced as part of this uh, show. The game Icarus was showed off by the new game from the Daisy folks. Got showed off. It's space and rust, and it's another survival game. So, yeah, if it's anything like Daisy, don't fucking play it. But anyway, that's just my bias on that one. Well, you were such an anti Daisy person. Yeah, Daisy has a really shitty history, as far as like, that's fair. The game goes. So it's it's almost like there was another one. That was like a, it was another zombie s survival game that had such a shitty release. Yeah, no, like it, it's yeah. I would steer clear, but that's just my personal. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, next up, we have our first gameplay trivia preview, not preview. That's that's not even a word of a game near and dear to my heart, Evil Genius Two. <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know what Evil Genius is, you're just too young to remember, and that's not a bad thing, because that game came out for fucking ever ago. It's, as the name implies, it's, how do I explain Evil Genius? Like, it's Sims bad guy, but, like, 50s Bond bad guy. Like, you fucking look like Dr. Evil. <laughs> he 
it looks really nice. It's a I fun game. Like it's literally a game around like building a secret lair and training your minions and the game is goofy and weird and like bond people keep infiltrating it. Yeah, it, it's a fun kind of slapsticky game. It, you get to build traps, like shark tank traps and shit like that if you so wish. Hmm. The entire game you're playing it, you're holding your pinky up to your mouth going, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, this game looks pretty neat. Yeah, if you've never... I, like if, I think the original Evil Geniuses was free for a little while and saw a couple platforms, so I'm not sure that's still happening. I suspect not, but... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Remnant from Ashes is kind of wrapping up with a big DLC called Subject 2923. Yeah. Have you been playing this? No, no, no. I was just I was following along. Oh, fair so, enough. Yeah. I think that's the shooting Dark Souls game I was a fan of. I always meant to get back to. Let me confirm shooting that. Dark Souls game sounds terrifying. Uh, it was hard. It had a kind of like Kingdoms of Amalur Blizzard style to its art direction, oddly enough. It made it a little less. Yep, this is the same game I was thinking of. It's a hell of a good game. I enjoyed the hell of it. I should get back to it at some point. It's cool. It's getting it's it's cool that things getting called done finally. That'll be nice. Yeah. Uh so publisher Humble Games had some uh, uh, yeah publisher Humble Games yes that Humble Bundle people had some games to show off because they're now a publisher not just a storefront. Uh, Proteus, uh, Faux Tactics, Project Wingman, and Fay. Well, how do you pronounce Faye that? Tactics. Faye Tactics. Faye. Hey, oh, weird. F-A-E. It's like a, it looks like an O on my screen. Bay Tactics. And Cardo. All these are coming sometime this year, I believe, except for uh, uh, Bay Tactics, which... No, it's, yeah, they're all coming this year. We'll see appear to be most yeah. of the summer. Yeah, Proteus is a retro shooter. Bay Tactics is a tactics game, so I'm probably going to get it. I was going to say, it, uh... that sounds like a game Henry will play. Yeah. Yep. Tactics. Tactical RPG, yep. Uh, Wingman, Project Wingman. Surprisingly, there aren't that many sort of plane simulators on any games or consoles or anything, to be honest. But this one is going to, and it'll have VR support, which I think is cool. And Cardo is a survival game. It looks cute, though. The graphics for it are nice. Yeah. Yeah. All those will be out this year. Uh, Next up... Total War, it's coming. Or Troy, we'll let you rewrite history. It's it's coming. Which sounds War like game. a really cool idea. So this is, I guess, more Sega news because Total War is put out by Sega. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, it actually has the ability where you will be able to play out like the alternative options for the Battle of Troy that are based on actual real theories from historians. Which that's cool. I I I dig, and I've mentioned this many times before. I dig historical fiction, and this is yeah, it just sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah. We got a little more news on that Mafia Definitive Edition. So, as much as it sounded like that thing was gonna be an upres of some kind, apparently they're like actually rebuilding that game from the ground up. Which, like, it'll have the same story beats and all that jazz, but they're like building it all in again in a new engine, which. Makes me a little bit more excited for that, hypothetically. Maybe they'll tweak mm. some of the other problems and that can make it a little bit better. But we'll see. Uh, Twin Mirror, the next game from Don't Nod Entertainment. I'm trying to remember what they're famous for. I know they're famous for something. 
it appears to be a detective thing with supernatural elements. It looks good. Looks like a yeah. Oh, who the f- don't nod. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's Life is Strange. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought it was. That they did the vampire game that was polarizing and kind of weird. But we've actually men- talked about Twin Mirror a Have little we? bit before. Yes. Oh. Because it has the twins where one of them is trans. trans right. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This appears to be an actual kind of teaser for the game if you want to take a look at that. No real gameplay in it what's to speak of, but it, um, my guess would be it probably plays like uh, Life is Strange. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Other stuff that got shown off as part of this, we're going to burn through a list real quick, is... um. Valheim from Coffee Stain, Ooblets from Glumberland, Elite Dangerous is getting more stuff. They're getting big ass ships apparently. Uh, In Sound Mind, uh, Blightbound is coming from Renemo Games. A lot of games here. Uh, Airborne Kingdom from the Want- Wandering Brand. Okay, man, fucking indie dev names are getting weird. Dwarfheim, Humankind, <laughs> Godfall, which. God, Godfall. I'm thinking that's the Blanco's Block Party, uh, Incluminati. Henry, it's yeah. is the goal of an indie game to like have the weirdest name possible? I think sometimes. Yeah. Rogue Lords, Unexplored 2, Among Trees. God, some of these are sound like stoner brands. <laughs> Protonomics, dear God, I spoke too soon. Po- potion. Sorry, Potionomics. <laughs> Mortal Show, Shadow Man Remastered, Haven, Shadow of Doubt, uh, Paradise Killer, Trash Sailors. That's a fantastic name. Yeah. Uh, Weird West, which we've, seen, we've talked about before, I believe. Story of Seasons, Metal Hellsinger, Amulets of Chaos, Red Souls, Surgeon sales. Simulator sales. 2. Sorry, sorry, scales, my bad. Sales. 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 <laughs> wow, I'm still sick, apparently. <laughs> Surgeon Simulator 2, The Last Campfire, and Outlast Trials. If any of these sound appealing, they got trailers for them. Go check them out. We don't have time to cover them all here. Because we have to move on to the 800-pound gorilla in the room, or the Kaiba's jacket from the second arc of Yu-Gi-Oh!, or... You want to throw some more memes on this one about the PS5, Alex? I'm sure you have a couple of them ready to go. The Wi-Fi router with two pieces of paper on the side? <laughs> yeah. It's it's certainly a choice. Yeah. It is cer- it I is still like it. I mean, I think it looks fucking neat. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, I mean, they knew what they were getting themselves into. This is the internet. They should have known better. Yeah. Could've, I mean, look at all been. the shit the Xbox Series X got when it showed up looking like a fucking fridge. See, I love how weird yeah. this thing looks, but I understand it's not for everyone. Yeah, um, it's better than some of the other things that were supposedly going to look like, so... I thought that V thing looked real cool, personally, but I get why they didn't. But this looks like, I mean, it, it, I can tell which side that it can also, like, sit flat on as well, so that's kind of... Yeah. So it'll definitely be, you know, it doesn't have to stand up, but it can. So, I mean, it's it's still sticking with the idea that a lot of modern consoles have of you can sit it on its side or sit it flat. Yeah, I will always put my console fine. on the side that gets in the way of the least number of fans. 
Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Because that's what I have to do for mine. Because the way I have my, my yep. little media center set up in the living room, I have to lay it on its side. So as long as... Like, honestly, I could give a shit less. If it had wings and a fucking unicorn horn, I don't care. As long as the venting, like, the air ventilation is solid. That's yeah, the I, only thing I give a shit about. My PS5 started getting that weird thing where it sounds like it's a fucking fighter jet trying to take off, which I guess all the PS5 pros eventually have happened to them, or start out of the box with that going on, so I'm hoping this thing vents correctly. I... But before we kind of dive into the big reveals from this, arguably the biggest reveal was that at launch there will be two versions of this. The digital-only version and the one that comes to the disk drive. Yeah, which, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm i surprised they're still holding on to a disk version. I mean, I, I think guess you have to. I, I, my initial reaction was, oh shit, I can just get the digital free one of it, and then I immediately backtracked in my mind, which was... was no, you're going to get the disk drive one. Like, you're always going to get the disk drive one, unless, like, it costs twice as much as the other one. I mean, let's be honest. Like, how many how many times have we even talked about on this show where you go and you buy a physical copy of a game only to open the box and have it put in a fucking code so you can actually download the game? That's more of a problem on PC than it is on consoles. Like, consoles still have a disk in there, at least. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, like you you put in the game as like you put in the disc as is, and then all of a sudden you've got updates and stuff you have to download anyway. Yeah, but you have to do that anyway. Saying oh, I have to put a disc in for updates versus oh, I have to download then update something like that's a that's a moot annoying point. Like I'm not saying either one's perfect, but yeah, I I don't know. I I think with the fact that they've started considering doing a digital release, like Xbox has their digital version of their console. Which I think is great because, you know... Oh, no, I think it's absolutely the right call, and I will probably go back and forth on whether or not I think that's the right one for me until I fucking buy one. Like, there's a lot of logic of I should go with just the digital version of it because that would make a little bit more sense. But... Yeah, like, I would be cool with them not having a disk drive if the cost of for the disk drive went into a bigger hard drive. I assume it does, but we don't, like... Again, we have nothing except them saying, yo, there's a digital-only version, and me going, oh, shit, that changes things yeah. a little bit, I guess, and the digital one does physically look better than the not than the one that's got the disk drive. Yeah. I will say the color scheme is interesting, considering they've gone from gray to black well, for the last <sighs> couple generations. I, I think they've showed this off already once. You can get a black version of this. Is there? I I've only seen the white version. There was a, we, we talked about this a little while ago. They, they're pushing the white one. I think there's a black and maybe like an orange version of it. Really? Interesting. I didn't see that, but I'm assuming Kaiba's jacket sent the other two to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, so, they're, they're, so there's a black one and there's a one that's black with red accent on it. Oh, okay. Oh, so now that's a I'm custom intrigued. one. Okay, now you've got my attention. Ah, uh, these might be edits. Um, I can't tell. Damn, why are there so many websites dedicated to what would the PS5 look like in other colors? <laughs> I know there was somebody out there just messing with the rendering, but not actually official, if you will. Hang on. There's a bunch of stuff that indicates it will also come in a matte black, but I don't fucking know, and I can't kind of dig through this stuff fast enough to 
give us a definitive answer on that. So, yeah, I, they're also kind of pushing this thing as a media hub again, which is a little bit concerning. There's an official PlayStation media controller controller, which is nice. The new headphones look appropriately matching to this thing. The new camera is taco-shaped. Yeah. It's a mini kaiba. I, yeah. I'm just waiting for the memes of people trying to eat it once this thing actually comes out. Or putting it in one of those like shitty taco hard taco shells. They already did that with the PlayStation 5. Was the camera the same for that? It looks similar. That was just a bar, not a it doesn't have that little like weird chip shape around it, but neither here nor there. But we've, we've covered the hardware side of this. It's got teraflops or whatever. If you care about those things, go look them up yourself. Unless we come across them later in this stuff we're big digging through. Let's talk about games. Uh, probably the one that got the most groundswell behind it is uh, Demon's Souls is coming back. Demon's Souls, the uh, Dark Souls of the Dark Souls franchise. <laughs> is coming back. Uh, it's... I think the last time it was a thing was PS2. There may have been a remaster since then. I can't remember. I can't keep track of these things. But Demon's Souls is the game that started the contemporary idea of what a Dark Souls or Dark Souls-like is in many ways. It just didn't get the credit because it was broken and hard and frustrating. And, well, Demon's Souls remake appears to be trying to fix some of that. It appears we're going to get a new level and all that jazz. So, yeah, I... This is not for me. I don't have the time to dig into Dark Souls games anymore. It looks good. It looks like a next-gen game. It looks like Dark or Demon Souls or Dark Souls. I, I suspect we'll hear a lot about this when it happens. That's a PS. It was a PS3 game. My bad. I thought it was a PS2 game for some reason. It appears to be a PS5 exclusive though too. So if you were hoping to get this on the PC or the Xbox, you may be SOL. I. It's being handled by the same people that did the remastering of Shadow of Colossus, and my understanding did a fucking fantastic job, so yeah. It'll also come with a new fractured mode. Whatever the fuck that means. Now, let me go back to my good list for these things. Nope, that's the bad list. Uh, next up, Resident Evil uh, 8, or Resident Evil Village, or Resident Evil Village 8, or Village Resident Evil, whatever the fuck the correct name for this thing is. Got shown off. It looks creepy. Chris Redfield is back and evil this time around. It appears to be their first person mode, and the protagonist from Resident Evil 7 is confirmed to be the protagonist again this time around. So, yeah. Hmm. It at least visually seems to have the same vibe as Resident Evil 4 did. It's got it's more open air, it looks like. Again, this is just based off the trailer. I it has kind of that village vibe. It's called Village Charlie. It's obviously got that Village vibe going on. It's not clear what the monsters are this time around, but after Resident Evil 7 success, this feels like a good thing. That game went real well for most people, it seems. Alright, next up. Uh, we're getting a sequel, expansion, standalone thingy. It's not quite clear to call, uh, kind of classify this. They've, um, they've come out and clarified it. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it's yeah. a full sequel or just like, hey, we're using the existing systems and stuff to I'm not sure if it's kind of like how, uh, what was it, uh, there was that, um, infamous Second Son, then there was that spin-off of that where you played as the Neon Light Lady exclusively, and that was a standalone game, but, like, was very much built on the tech of the existing thing, like, it, it could have been DLC, which is fully fleshed out into its own thing, this appears to be kind of similar to that, but we're getting Spider-Man's 
Miles Morales. If you know who Miles Morales is, he's the Black Spider-Man. He's got electric powers, too, but I don't totally know that off the top of my head. But he's getting yeah. his own he game. Was, he's got, he was... So he's got electrical powers, but he also can turn himself among the few. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh he was in the awesome, awesome Spider-Man he movie. Was. That was the more recent Spider-Man movie. He was the star of that one. And yeah, if you haven't seen like that one, I mean, also see that. But also, the comic book character is wildly popular. He's yeah. just a really cool character. Like yeah. so much so, I, I he's in the game too. Like he shows up in the game. You don't get to play as him. Like the game ends around the time he gets spider powers. So a lot of the speculation was the sequel would be you playing as Miles Morales, and the only kind of unclear thing is if this is a true sequel or kind of a fully fledged outside story. Either way, more Spider-Man game, because that game fucking kicked ass. It did, yeah. yeah. And so, yes, if you haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Multiverse or Spider-Verse, it's a great fucking movie. And we'll get this game holiday 2020, so soon for an event like this. Yeah. It's unclear if it's coming to PS4 as well, but for some reason I think it is. I thought I heard it was exclusive PS5. I can't it, that would also make sense, yeah. I think it was captured on PS5, I don't know. Mm. We got our first look at the next Horizon game, Horizon Forbidden West. It's a PS5 game. It looks badass. Aloy is back. There's a fucking mech elephant in that game, so fuck yeah. It looks like more Horizon Zero Dawn, which was a fantastic game. If you're looking for a game that, like, you're like, okay, how good is the PS5's graphics eventually going to be? Go check this one out. It looks stunning. Like, Uncharted 4, but all the time stunning. And apparently we're getting Alloy to swim this time, which we'll see how that goes, because fighting, uh, fighting mecha monsters on the land was hard enough. I don't want to know what it's like fighting them underwater. She gets, like, a spear gun. That'll be cool. They shout off a new Ratchet and Clank called Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I uh, Clank is real fucking shiny in this one. That was my biggest takeaway from this. It appears to be more of that Ratchet and Clank goodness people seem to love. I heard of you two Ratchet and Clank fans? Eh, not really. Yeah, I was I mean, more of a Jack a, and Daxter a, fan. I've I've heard it's a great franchise. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So just want to put it out to the podcast. If you're big Ratchet and Clank fans, I'm not dismissing the game. It's just never been my cup of tea. I've heard very good things from people who really enjoy the game. And develop-wise, it's a great series. So Yeah, I was a Jack 2 fan, and that was the split. Either you were a Ratchet and Clank 2 or 3 fan, or you were a Jack and Daxter fan, and you just never got into the other one. And then there were Sly Cooper people. We just don't talk about them. Fucking monsters. Uh, we're getting another numbered Gran Turismo game. No release date, just pretty cars were shown. Re uh, the reveal of a game called Returnal. Uh, it's uh, who's this one from? Uh, it's it's not clear what it is. Like it's got some Dark Soul vibes. If you're gonna repeat the same loop over and over, uh, it's got some third-person shooter stuff going on. It looks pretty as hell. You play as an astronaut. Uh, it's not a lot known at at this exact point in time, obviously. We yeah, got, it seems cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like the I like the concept behind it. Hitman Three got announced as part of this. It's coming January 2021. It's coming to all the normal Hitman platforms. It's putting an end to 
this modern Hitman arc we were on, which I am stupid excited for, because 1 and 2 have been fucking fantastic games. I'm hoping 3 gets the definitive treatment that 2 got, where they bring all the stuff from previous games into it, ultimately, so you only have to kind of worry about progressing in one game, but yeah, I, I really hope they bring back, in some way, shape, or form, the seasonal pass content approach for that. Like, I loved that so much for Hitman 1, just the fact that it gave you time to really kind of dig into each level before you could progress, because there was nothing to progress onto. I, I, I thought that was such a brilliant move for that franchise, but this will probably be an all-in-one box game and still be fucking fantastic for it, so yay Hitman 3, January 2021. To reiterate, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 coming in 2021 to the PlayStation 5, because of course it is. You will get Grand Theft Auto online for free when the PS5 or when it launches on PS5. So if you just want to play it online, you don't have to buy anything, which is great. Uh, Sackboy from Little Big Planet is getting his own game called Sackboy Big Adventure. It looks like, well, Little Big Planet, maybe minus the level editing tools. Uh, if you don't like Sackboy, you're not going to like this one, but he continues to be cute and made of, what's that, burlap, you think? Magical burlap, sack. Yeah. It's a platformer. Not to be dismissive, but it's it is what it is. We got another look at Ghostwire, uh, which appears to be a cyberpunk ghost hunting game. I guess is the way of thinking of it. <laughs> which is there again. You feel like a ninja. That sounds cool. Just just the concept alone sounds cool. Yeah. Bug snacks. I don't know what to think of this game, but it looks sinister and weird, and I'm kind of into it. Uh, did either of you watch the trailer for Bug Snacks? Nope. Well, so uh, fucking Vore fans out there will probably have a fucking field day with this game where if you eat the bugs that are also the snacks that you, you like your arms turn into the snacks and, and something sinister happens to them. It's from the people that brought us Octodad, so it's going to be weird and charming and bizarre, I'm sure. Okay, if it's for the Vore fans, then please let's just cancel the game now. <laughs> <laughs> We got a trailer for the game Stray, which appears to be you playing as a cat in a cyberpunk future where I'm not sure if humans are around mm. anymore, but I, despite my disdain of cats, I'm watching this going, this looks kind of cool. We also got Destruction All-Stars, which is the fucking weirdest racing game I've seen in a long time, and based on trailer personality alone, left me feeling a tad alienated. I feel weird saying that, but it appears to have all the things I find annoying about Fortnite combined with fusion frenzy and driving but mm. I, I suspect this game might be big when it comes that's got a weird kind of burnout audience potential not burnout as the audience will burn out but like burnout like i think some of the burnout fans might get behind this in a weird way they showed off a game called goodbye volcano high which it's not really clear what that game is but i suspect it's kind of akin to Alone in the Woods. It features lots of dinosaurs and other prehistoric stuff, and the name sure as fuck implies it's about being in Dinosaur High School or the equivalent of as the fucking me uh, meteor is coming to wipe you out. So, it's a pretty good-looking game. It's got some cool graphics going on. We got shown more of Godfall. It's that hack-and-slash-looter game from Gearbox that the more and more I see that the more I look at it and go, oh, cool, it's, uh, Battleborn 2, more so than Crucible was. Mm. Mm. I don't know who this game is for. It looks shitty. I, I Let me back <laughs> off. Like The combat looks bland. The character design is like, yo, you're in armor! 
<laughs> Maybe if it's a smaller game, it will do well. Like I, I back when I was playing Destiny One, this stick, this twin stick shooter came out. And I don't remember what the fuck it was called, but like the advertising for it totally was. Do you play Destiny and want to play something else? Which is why I fucking picked it up. And everything about what they've shown for Godfall so far reminds me of that game. And after kind of how disappointing I found Borderlands Three to be, I have no reason to get, give this game any kind of notion of maybe it will be fine i don't think your box is that good at making good games anymore uh i've got solar ash which i know i watched it and i don't remember what the fuck that one was uh astro's playroom appears to be the return of the cute ass little robots that were in the playstation 4 playroom which i'm really hoping that in some form makes a return because that thing was a beautiful dark dystopian nightmare to watch don't engage with it, but watching it was kind of amazing. Because people just forgot they were on that thing constantly, and shit went down. Yeah. We gotta look at Little Devil Inside, which either is a really cool adventure game, or a all-in-one dude's head about escaping from his weird mundane life. It's not clear, but it looks pretty. Uh, NBA 2K21 got revealed. It looks like a basketball game. Deathloop, uh, the next big game from Bethesda, got shown off more. It is a run-based time travel game where you play as someone whose job is to murder the other player character, or you play as the character that needs to be murdered whose goal is to kill these eight people as part of this time loop. This one, the trailer they showed up, there's been two trailers for this now. One that came out, I think, like, last E3, and it looked stylish and weird. This one is extra stylish and weird, so maybe this game will be cool. Maybe it won't. We shall have to wait and see. And last but not least, we have Pragmata from Capcom. And we, that's it. I, do we know anything about Pragmata? Nope. I don't think. Yeah, it's like, it's a game, and it's coming out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it its trailer was Astronaut Dude Shows Up in City rescues and or kidnaps a small girl to the moon and then the trailer ended and yeah it's weird go check it out the space band looks cool though yeah there's a cg cat that's like obviously a hologram it feels very ps3 capcom which i kind of like but it also has the risk of being a ps3 capcom game which means it might be terrible <laughs> That does it for PS5 news, and I guess that also means that does it for our news this week. Um, we do have an email, so if you wanted to send us an email, how would you go about doing that, Alex? That's very simple. You would go ahead and uh, gather your email clients of your choosing, and when you're composing said message, go ahead and put in the email address wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. My sickness last week, I believe, is the result of this uh, email, Alex. So I hope you enjoy what we've brought upon ourselves. Oh, good. <clears throat> hey, Wicked Awesome Cast. Since apparently puns are just everyone's thing now, I'm hoping this email uh, gets past whatever screening filter their system seems to be in place. Uh, should the final season of Stranger Things be called Strangest Things? Yes. Absolutely, 100%. I'll sign whatever petition you send me for it. Most of this email just makes me wonder if, like, the seasons of Stranger Things should be called Strange Things, Stranger Things, 
strange-er-er things and strangest things. <laughs> Instead of numbered. <laughs> Feels like a missed opportunity, but yes, thank you, Anonymous, for that email. <laughs> that will not happen again. You're doing the Lord's work. Keep sending us emails like that. God damn it, I have to actually invent a screening system then. Nope! Do not filter our good good fan. How I dare don't. You? Based on all, some of the weird-ass emails we've read on this podcast, I obviously don't. I just kind of like, you want to write in? Fuck it, unless it's like obviously racist or like shitty, I put it on here. Yeah. Thank you for writing in. That was terrible. <laughs> that does it for this week, though, so... Anyone got anything else they want to talk about before we close this one out, or nah? Um, I don't have much other than uh, I'm hoping to get some streaming done this week coming up, especially with the new changes they did for the Shadowlands Alpha, uh, Enhanced Shaman related. So uh, you can catch me on all my streaming platforms and social medias. Uh, the username is Mave Online across the board for everything. So Twitch, Mixer, YouTube Gaming, Facebook Gaming, uh missing something twitter instagram i post random shit here and there so yeah check them out yeah i am looking to start streaming i'd like to try to start streaming my way through the itch.io bundle which i think would be a lot of fun and yeah. there's a lot there so that would last me quite a good bit though some of the games are quite short 700 games is still a lot of games um, at least one of them is a tabletop RPG, so I'm not going to be, like, playing that on stream so much. But everything else, yeah, I'm going to try to play through that on stream. I don't know if I'll start it this week. But if I do anything on stream, I will be announcing it on my social media. That's Kraken Zero. that's Z-E-R-0, and that is on Facebook and on Instagram. So, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of my my thoughts at least uh, planning to start streaming again and yeah i'll probably try to stream if i work on some costumes again i'll stream that too that's all for me yeah um uh, i am still kind of passively sick so i think i will still not be streaming at least for this week maybe i'll get back to it next week but we'll talk about that then uh it's always mordak on mord4k on most social media stuff you can get that um if you want to keep up with this podcast, and by that I mean, like, if the podcast is going to be up later, we're not going to post that week or something, there is a Twitter. It's from the old YouTube channel. It's um, SW Studios with a Z at the end because SW Studios is owned by a game dev that put up, like, five updates and then stopped updating ever, and I can't find them, and I've bugged them a bunch of times trying to get that email or that Twitter handle from them with no response, so... Yeah, you, know, you can put in a request to Twitter if they haven't posted anything. I did not know that. Handles. Yes, if if the account's super inactive for a long time, you can put in a request to Twitter and ask them if you can. Huh. Okay, and then they'll maybe just I give you the username. Maybe I should do that. Neat. We've talked about that on this podcast. Someone else is gonna do it and steal it from us. So well, enjoy our Twitter yeah. handle. Well, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, we got some. Uh, like a couple people I know that listen to this podcast were like, hey, where's the podcast last week? And it was like, it's on Twitter, but also, yes, the first like 10 seconds explain why the fuck the podcast was late last week. Yeah. But yeah, if you're looking for up to date news on that, go check that out there. It's where I put that stuff. The Facebook is mostly just posting episodes of the podcast at this point. But yeah, I think that does it for this week. Who wants to close it out? 
Give them a medal.